Now, part of it is the technology in this uh, facility. It worked extremely well over at the other location. That's why we thank God for the West End. But guess what? I thank God even more for when we march into our own building uh, with all of our own technology, etc. So we're just going to move on for time's sake. Don't worry about it. If you would turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 17, and we're going to minister on the subject of giving thanks before Thanksgiving. Giving thanks, and we had a wonderful video to kind of show you how so often we take for granted just the little things that God has done for us in our lives, and it's so easy to do. All of us, it's human nature. It's very easy. We've all been guilty of it from time to time in our lives. So if you would, go to Luke chapter 16, uh, and before I begin reading verses 11 through 19, I just want to share this thought, thought with you. Thankfulness is the attitude that perfectly displaces our tendency to complain and thereby releases joy and blessings in our lives. Thankfulness is the attitude that perfectly displaces our tendency to complain and thereby releases joy and blessings into our lives. How many know some of the most joyful and happy people are the most thankful people? If you've ever thought that thankfulness was not important to Christ, as we'll learn today, we have all been wrong if you've ever thought thankfulness is not important to Christ. Now, if you have the YouVersion uh, Bible app on your phone, you can just go down to that uh, a section on the bottom where it says more. There are three bars. Just hit that, and then go to the events section, and then put in linked up church, and the entire outline of today's message is right there for you, and you can take additional notes uh, on that outline, but they'll also go up on the screen as well. Luke chapter 17, I'll read the text, and then we'll go back and just expound on it verse by verse. Luke chapter 17, verse 11, giving thanks before Thanksgiving. It says, now it happened as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Then as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers and stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said to them, Go, show yourself to the priest. And it was that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned, and with a loud voice glorified God, fell down on his face and at his feet, giving him thanks, and he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answered and said, were there not ten cleansed, but where are the nine? Were there not any found who returned to give God glory except this foreigner or stranger? And he said to him, arise, go your way, your faith has made you whole or well. And as they used to say in churches that I came up in, may the Lord add a blessing to the reading of his word for our edification, exhortation, and comfort. Were you edified? You, you all don't come from that. The other churches I used to come from, uh, the uh, pastor actually didn't read it himself. There was a guy sitting over the side, and the pastor would say, turn to Luke chapter 17, uh, beginning at verse 11, and then he would go, ready? Read. And then somebody else would read over there on the other side, and he'd say, stop, stop, hold up right there, right there. Then he'd go into his message. Then he'd say, ready, read. And then the guy would read again. Am I the only one that attended a church like that? Am I the only one? Anybody else in here know what I'm talking about? Anybody ever been to a church like that? And, and can I just be honest with you all? I used to think the pastor, he must can't read. That's what I used to think. I, I don't know if I was right or wrong, but... But I was just saved, 22 years old, just gave my life to the Lord. I used to wonder, maybe can the pastor read? Because you never heard him read. He would just say, ready, read. And then he'd take off with that message. All right, let's get into this today. I've got three points uh, for you today. Won't be before you long because really when you have an attitude of gratitude, thanksgiving is easy. All right, and so up underneath point number one, the point is gratitude is rare. Gratitude is rare. What you'll find in our society today, today, people are unthankful in general. 
in general, people don't appreciate much of anything. And whatever you did for them, their attitude usually is you could have done more. Maybe I'm the only one in here that, that has. And if you're raising children today, you'll know even with children, the, the, the more you do, sometimes the less they appreciate, but the more they expect, right? And sometimes you'll have their friends with them, and here it is, you blessed all of them, but their friends are the ones that'll say, Mr. Gregory, Mrs. Gregory, thank you for taking us to the movie. Thank you for taking... And your kid's sitting there like, why are you all doing that? They're supposed to do that. But, but it never changes the fact that as parents, what we appreciate is your children saying thank you. So what you'll find is our society today as a whole, gratitude is something that is rarely seen. And so I've got four points I want to make under that. They're lettered A, B, C, and D, all right? And so the first one, letter A, people don't have a problem asking. And if you've ever noticed that, people don't have a problem asking God or you for much of anything today. And so it's not a problem where asking is concerned. Matter of fact, have you ever heard people say, you know, I really don't want to bother you, but. And I can always remember, I'm always thinking, well, if you don't want to bother me, don't. So it's amazing how they say that statement first as if that's like to soften the ax that's getting ready to come. I don't really want to bother you, but. Right? And I'm thinking, well, if you don't want to bother me, then don't, right? But then they go ahead and ask. So people in general don't have a problem asking. Let's look at our text here in verse 12 and 13, Luke chapter 17, 12 and 13. Notice he says, Then as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers, which was a skin disease that if you had it, you could not be out in public or show yourself in public unless, or unless you risk your life and being stoned to death. So, I mean, they've already stepped out on faith that when they saw Jesus, they ran to him. Scripture says, 10 men uh, who were lepers stood afar off, actually stood afar off, but they're out of their village, and they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. What I love about that, they're appealing to the compassion and the mercy of God. I mean, a lot of us have done things that we deserve judgment. But God in his goodness, all he ever gave us was his mercy. Am I the only one that is thankful today for the mercy of God? And he's done it over and over and over again. And matter of fact, I've now learned that he's really never condemned me. The only thing he's ever done is says, son, that's okay. Let me dust you off, clean you up, put you back in the race. Just keep going and keep growing and keep getting better. How many know that's the mercy of God? And that's what they're appealing to. They're saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. But notice, since the beginning of time, humanity has called forth in a mighty chorus almost seemingly, and we have as well, God, do this for me. God, do that for me. God, if you'll just get me a job. God, if you'll fix my marriage. God, if you'll heal my body. I mean, we have never had a problem going to God and asking God for anything. And I believe now, I just believe this with all of my heart being a parent myself, I believe that Jesus knew that the majority of them would never appreciate what he was getting ready to do for them. But because God is so faithful, he does it anyway. Look at the very next point here, letter B. God remains faithful. Look at verse 14. So when he saw them, he said to them, go, show yourselves to the priest. And so it was that as they went, they were what? Cleansed. Now, this is interesting to me. God remains faithful. He graciously healed them. But notice they had a part to play in their healing. And I believe really this is an introduction to the grace message and the grace of God and the goodness of God that he's demonstrating here. They were healed the moment he spoke it. But their job was to participate with what he had already done for them by actually acting on it and going. All right? Anyone in here with any symptoms of sickness or disease in your body right now? Okay, one person. Anyone else? Two. Anyone else? Balcony. Anyone else? Any symptoms of sickness or disease in your body? 
I submit to you right now, you're not trying to get healed. I submit to you that you're already healed. Now just go and act like it. See, it'll take a minute for that to latch on because that's all Jesus did here. If they stay, folks, they never walk in what they already have. So there's two sides to every promise. There's the Godward side and there's the manward side. I know God has already done his part. And it's our responsibility by faith to respond to what grace has already provided. So I want to try that again. Anyone in here with any level of sickness or disease in your body, any level of it, raise your hand. All right? I'm declaring to you, you're not trying to get healed. You're already healed. Now watch this, and there'll be enough power behind this. When you leave here today, go and act like it. And some of you all will catch that right when you're walking out the building today. It'll dawn on you that what I was feeling prior to service, I no longer feel anymore. God is just that good, folks. All right? So, God remains faithful. So, Jesus graciously healed them. Watch this. Letter C. The thankful are unique. Today, it is a unique, rare person that appreciates anything that you do for them. That is a unique, rare individual that can just say, you know what, they didn't do everything I wanted them to do, but I still appreciate the part that they did. And so today, the thankful are a unique group of people. Look at verse 15 and 16. Again, if you're raising children here today, you know, it's it's rare for children. I mean, they just think these things are automatic. Am I the only parent in here? I I mean, you know, as a spouse, let me just tell on myself. Let me just be trans. It's so easy to take your spouse for granted. And I'll give you an example. This is an area I've got to continue to grow in. You know, just, just on yesterday... God bless my wife's heart, but, but you know, I, I got up, went to the gym. She got up, went to practices with my daughter. I come back from the gym. She's putting lights out on the lawn. I pull up in the driveway. I'm like, babe, it's going to be 60, 65 on Monday, Tuesday. We can do all that on Monday, Tuesday. She said, I didn't ask for your help. Just, I know what you want to go in there and do and watch the game. Because at this time, it's about 30 minutes before that Michigan game is getting ready to come on. So I'm trying to, you know, I got to help her if, she's at, if she asks, but I'm trying to set it up. She did that. She just set it up, let it up. Then she comes back in the house, and she's cleaning up. She's cooking. She, she's preparing. She cooked a steak stir-fry that was just, listen, I don't, I don't care what restaurant you can go to in the state of Georgia. That steak stir-fry was so good. We have another family staying at our house, and I asked my godson, I was like, how did you like that steak stir-fry? He said, God, Daddy, that was so good. And, and see, you take that, and then after the game was over, I go upstairs. All the linens have been washed, bed made up. Linens have been cleaned. Room is clean. Clothes are washed. I mean, just everything, even to the point where I'm downstairs in the basement watching the game and dinner is brought down to me. It's so easy to take these things for granted. I just want to say publicly, I don't do the best job at that, but I'm telling you publicly, I I appreciate you. I thank you for that. And, And I desire to grow in that area. It's so easy to do that, folks. We can literally live with people who love us more than anything, and we take them for granted more than the people. Then some stranger will come up and do something. Hello, somebody. And we'll tell them, thank you. The thankful are unique. Look at verse 15 and 16. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, how many got healed? And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, what did he do? And this was so important to him, this was more important than going to see the priest. This was more important than getting all his life together and being able to go back out in public. This was the most important thing to this one individual was to go back and appreciate what had been done for him. And so this one returned and with a loud voice did what? Glorified God. And sometimes, folks, when God has been so good to you, 
It is nothing to be quiet about. Come on, that is not the time for you to be cute. That is not the time for you to be sophisticated. Come on, that is not the time for you to look educated. Come on, there is a time when you say, God, you have fed me for 49 years. God, you have kept a roof over my head for 49 years. God, I have had a job my entire adult life. I just want to return and just with a loud voice say, thank you, Jesus. And we all have to get to a place where you stop caring about who's sitting next to you. You stop caring about how you look. You stop caring about what other people think about you. And the only thing you care about is how good God has been to you. And you realize that if it wasn't but for the grace of God, you wouldn't even be in the situation that you're in right now. The job that you have is because God is good. The house that you live in is because God is good. The person that you're married to is because God is good. The reason your body is healed is because God is good. And there comes a time when you shouldn't be quiet about that. You should let everybody know that God has been better than good to me. Come on, somebody lift up your voice and give God a shout of praise in this place. But I want to show you something, folks. There's a whole nother level of maturity where thanksgiving is concerned. And I want to point something out to you. It says, he returned and with a loud voice gave God the praise. But I want to show you the next level of maturity. Giving him thanks. Watch this. And he fell down on his face and at his feet giving him thanks. I'm looking forward to the day, man, where people just come back to the altar and just fall on their knees, fall on their face, and just say, thank you, Jesus, for being so good to me. Hallelujah. Because I'm telling you, there are people out there that, man, your worst day would be their best day. So only one turned back. He was fired up with gratitude. But notice now the humility that he displays by falling down on his feet. But then every time I study this message, it's amazing. I get more revelation. And then Jesus in the scripture says here, and he was a Samaritan. Points that out. Well, what's, what's so big about that? Well, you remember in John chapter 4 when Jesus was ministering to the woman at the well? The woman at the well with her own words says, why are you talking to me? Because the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Okay, now I can't prove this. I did everything in my power. I studied every comment. I looked at I cannot prove this, but let me tell you what I believe. I believe that because he singled out the Samaritan, the other nine must have been Jews who knew better. And isn't it interesting sometimes that the people who know don't know better sometimes are more thankful than the people who do know better. Come on, somebody in here know what I'm talking about. It's no different than when you have your kids and all their friends over and you watch all their friends one by one. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. But who you're really expect, who you're really expecting it from, are your two. And they say nothing. And they look at the other ones like, that's what they're supposed to do. But it still doesn't take away from the fact that the parents love and appreciate being thanked. Letter D. Now this is getting ready to be enlightening for somebody in this building. God, Christ, letter D, Christ notices those who are ungrateful. 
Christ notices those who are ungrateful. I want to kind of read it with the tense that it's actually being written in. And again, if you've ever been around someone that's ungrateful, you usually respond to that. Right? Watch this. Look at verse 17. Jesus answered and said, were there not ten cleansed? So notice, he expected all ten to return. He said, were there not ten cleansed? Then watch this. But where are the other nine? So he had an expectation. So clearly he notices those that are ungrateful. Were there not any found, watch this, who returned, and this will support what I just shared a moment ago about my belief that the other nine were Jews. Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this stranger? So he reiterates the same point, which means, now again, I'm reading into this, but, but just let me have my moment here, which means he actually had a greater expectation for the other nine than he did the stranger. He actually probably could have understood the stranger, but he can't understand the other nine. Isn't that interesting? Something to think about, right? Things that make you go. And he said to him, watch this, arise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. Means the same thing, whole. King James Version, New King James Version. <laughs> but let's unpack this a little bit because I've never looked up the Greek word for whole. And it's actually two Greek words because you would automatically believe that he's just talking about wholeness here. So you know how we might read this in the past, go your way, your faith has made you right? Whole. And might will immediately go to his money was restored, right? His job was restored. We'll immediately go to what I would call material things. But what Jesus has given him, him here is something much more valuable than material things. And I'm going to prove it to you. The word whole here is the Greek word sozo. Same word that we get for salvation. Means to save, to preserve, to deliver, to be made well, and to be made whole. So what Jesus gave this man was eternity, which would be far greater than everything else he could give him. Now I looked up the second Greek word. I don't know why I have not done this up to this point. I apologize to you all for it. But the second Greek word is the word say, and it's spelled S-E. And guess what it means? The Thou and thy house. So not only did he save this man, he saved his whole house. Simply because he had enough sense to return and give God thanks. Hallelujah. Now if you know the character of God, When you get saved, everything else is already in the salvation package. Healing, deliverance, prosperity. Hello, somebody. But how many know the most important thing Jesus can give you is not a job? Come on, it's not money. It's not a car. It's not a house. It's eternity. So Jesus notices those who are ungrateful. And so I want to give you an opportunity to let him know that you appreciate everything that he's ever done for you, whether you realize it or you didn't realize it, for every year that you've been on this earth. Would you just take a moment and just return thanksgiving to God? Come on, just take, just take, take 20 seconds. And just return thanksgiving to God. Father, I thank you for keeping me in my unsaved days, Father. When I didn't even know you, Father, you were protecting me and preserving me 
to the moment that Bill Mass ministered salvation to me, Father. I thank you for that. And as a result, you brought salvation to me and my household so that my mother gave her life to Christ. My brother gave his life to Christ. And my father and I went to church together for the first time. And I believe that even my father is saved today and in heaven until I see different. Father, if you've done nothing else for me, thank you for saving me and my household because everything else naturally follows that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, everyone on one accord, just lift up a resounding shout unto God in this place today. Come on, just lift up a resounding shout. Hallelujah! You can be seated. So we can see then that there was no doubt that Christ was not only aware, but watch this. He was also disturbed by such a flagrant instance of ungratefulness. It disturbed him. Now, I'm going to tell you something. That the Lord is growing me up right before your faces and before your lives. The Lord says a couple of things to me as a leader. You've got to understand, and you see, 9 out of 10 didn't appreciate it. You've got to understand, if you're in a leadership position, a leadership role, I want you to listen to it. You've got to be just like Jesus. I believe he knew before he healed them that that 9 weren't going to be thankful. But he still healed them anyway. And so what you've got to understand is that the majority of the people won't appreciate anything that you do. Regardless of what you do. They're going to find what's wrong with it, what you could do better, what you're not. They're never going to see what you are and what you did. And you've got to understand that's human nature with people. But you as a leader have to do it anyway. Let's just keep going. It's good stuff right there. Hallelujah. Good stuff. God's just growing me up, man. You you, got to be a big boy or a big girl if you're going to lead people. Can I go a step further? If you're going to raise children, you've got to be a big boy or a big girl. Because the reality is they're going to make mistakes. And you've got to be patient with them through their mistakes. And keep being their parent all the way through. And never start acting like a child. Number two, the power of thankfulness. The power of thankfulness. Go with me to Psalms. Number 107, and we're going to read stanza 1 and 2. The power of thankfulness. Psalms 107, we're going to read stanzas 1 and 2. Stanza 1 says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Now, if you need a little bit help understanding why, he says, For he is good. Come on, has he been good to anybody in this building? No doubt about it, right? For his mercy endures forever. I don't know about you. As I said earlier, there are many times when I deserved his judgment, but he didn't give it to me. Come on, somebody. Come on. I know I I have not been the only one that has prayed that prayer. Lord, if you get me out of this situation. And he got me out every time. And several times I still return back to the same bad, poor behavior. And his mercy continued to endure forever till I finally grew up. I don't know about you, if God didn't do anything else, because he could have took me out a long time ago if that was part of his character. But he just, his mercy just kept working with me. Come on, anybody thankful that his mercy just keeps working with us? Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Now, I want to practice something. He said, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. And there was a Kojic church that I went to back in Detroit, Michigan. They would have all of the people say, I am redeemed. And so the pastor would read that and all the people would yell, I am redeemed. And that just always stuck with me. And so I'll read it again. And when I read it, I want you to say it from your heart. I am redeemed. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. I am redeemed. 
That's one for the Father. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. That's one for the Son. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Come on, if you've been redeemed from the hand of the enemy, come on, that's a good thing today. I am redeemed. I'm redeemed from fornication. I'm redeemed from adultery. I'm redeemed from alcohol. I'm redeemed from cigarettes. I'm redeemed from lying. I'm redeemed from cussing. Come on, somebody. I'm redeemed from a bad attitude. I'm redeemed from lack. I have been redeemed from the hand of the enemy. He no longer controls or rules my life. Come on, that is something to be thankful for, especially when you cussed as much as I cussed. Don't look at me like that because some of y'all still, you're still working on that one. And his mercy is good. Amen. But boy, if you grew up like me, cussing was English. And you know where we learned it from? Sad to say, from our parents. Everything they said to you, they cussed at you. You come on, you know, you grew up in Detroit. Gotta get your little. Uh, I beat the brother. Better take your little. And so, what do you go to school doing? Do this assignment. I ain't doing nothing. How many? After you get saved and you've been doing that your whole life, it takes some time to stop doing that. So I don't know about you. I'm just thankful that I don't cuss no more. I've been redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, Johnny. You used to work at Ford Motor Company. Boy, I know what that plant life is like. That's just how they talk to you, right? What's Chrysler? That, that's just how they talk to you, right? Yeah, you go do what you need to do, right? Think about something that you know you used to do that you don't do no more. Then think about who redeemed you from that. Now watch this. I did this in the earlier service. Now think about something you still want to overcome. And I want you to think about if he redeemed you from that. So now I want you to give God a down payment on your future deliverance. Come on. Come on, because if he did it back then, he's still doing it right now. Come on, so don't give up on him because he's not giving up on you. Come on, don't throw in the towel because he didn't throw in the towel on you. None of us have arrived. We're all working on something. But just remember, if he redeemed you from anything, he's redeemed you from that also. Letter B, thankfulness is a decision based in reality. Thankfulness is a decision based in reality. Look at stanza 8, Psalms 107, stanza 8. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness. Then it adds this, for his wonderful works to the children of men. So I want you to use your mind for a moment and ask yourself, Do you really have a lot to be thankful for? I just want you to use your mind and think about it for a moment. You might not have everything you want, but, man, me and Tank just driving in, just seeing all the people sleeping under bridges. Their whole life is in a grocery cart. Come on, somebody. I just want you to use your mind for a moment, and I want you to see if you have anything to be thankful for. Let me tell you, if you just think for a minute, your right hand will go up and then your left hand will shortly follow that. And then your feet might lift up as well when you think about how good God has been to you, whether you realize it or don't. We go to the hospital three to four times a week and we're seeing children 13, 12, 8, 6 fighting for their life. And I'm 49 and have never spent the night in the hospital. God is good. 
I said, God is good. I said, God is good. Let me give you something else because I don't like your response right now. Just the fact that you're sitting in this room right now and not laying in a hospital bed, God has been good to you. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Come on. We take this stuff for granted that we wake up every day. We drive. We get everywhere that we need to go accident-free. But yet we ride by accident after accident after accident after accident, and we weren't in it. We take stuff for granted. Letter C, thankfulness is a life-changing decision. It's a life-changing decision. Look at stanza 15, stanza 21, stanza 31. And I did some study because I needed to understand why did the Scripture keep repeating the same thing. And I'll give you some insight into that here in a moment. It says here, oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. One word, I didn't have to get by the first word, the word oh. Interesting word there. Oh, there is a word that tells us, listen to this, that something radical and life-changing is coming. So if you understand the character of God and just human nature, how many of you know the more thankful you are, the more you receive? So the more appreciation, we just saw it in Luke chapter 17, the only thing they asked for was healing. But he gave them so much more with salvation and wholeness because why? He was grateful just for that. So if you understand what he's saying here, he's actually saying, oh, because he's already realizing how good God's been to him, but he's getting a glimpse of what's coming. Now, I want you all to understand I'm standing in the West End ministering physically, but I'm spiritually in another building right now. Because I know what's coming. So what this guy is doing, he's like, oh, you ever opened up a gift for Christmas? You didn't expect it? And it just made you go, oh, man, God is good. Well, that's what he's saying, folks. If you'll be thankful for what what you have right now. You're going to have some old moments coming to you that's just going to bless your socks off. And as a matter of fact, if I can trust you all with something, uh, I want your prayers over the next seven days. Just pray in the spirit about our next building, okay? All right, we, we, we obviously, you all know, we took some swings at things in 2016. But one that we took a swing at that we really like is now pursuing us. So, in other words, they walked away from it when we pursued it. I mean, you know, the Lord is teaching me something. Sometimes the best thing you can do is walk away from a deal and act like you don't need it. And then they turn right back around, and now they're pursuing us. And so now that we have in our possession three-quarters of the paperwork that we need, we just need that last quarter. So I want you all, some of these things they, they take, you've got to help us pray it through. Okay? Would, can I trust you all to do that if you're a praying person? Just till I tell you to stop, just pray in the spirit about this next bill. It's not a financial issue. It's nothing to raise. We already had the money to pay cash for. Come on, somebody. Well, y'all gonna, y'all gonna make me run through it. You, man, you're gonna stop, stop, stop pushing me out there. Come on, God is good. So if you understand what he's saying, stay with me for a minute. You understand what he's saying? If you can learn to be thankful for what you have, you'll get a glimpse of what's coming in the future. Come on, come on. So let's use our mental imagination and our vision right now. Come on, God gave us imagination. He gave us vision for a reason. I want you to start thinking about something that you're believing for and get an image of it in your mind. Let me tell you, I'm in that building, man. I I am. Man, the kids are in the little link land. Watch out. The nursery is off the hook. Man, listen to me. Listen to me. God, I'm in it. I'm there. But watch this. I'm so thankful for the West End. 
and I'm so thankful for the Marietta Performing Arts Center. So I need you to understand, I haven't moved ahead of God. I appreciate everything that he's already done, but he's also given me a glimpse of what's coming. Come on, somebody. Come on. So, so if you want to act on faith right now and go ahead and give God praise for what's coming, go ahead and put a down payment on it right now. Hallelujah. Glory to your name, God. Thank you, Jesus. God, you are awesome. You're better than good to me. Hallelujah. Now, you can be seated. Let's come on down the home stretch. Now, let's talk solutions, okay? I want to give you some practical things here today because, how I many you know, this doesn't, you don't change overnight becoming a thankful person. And it doesn't happen by accident. You don't mentally assent, okay, after today, I'm going to be a more thankful person. I mean, it doesn't happen by accident. Just like people don't have a bad attitude over, over an extended period of time by accident. They wake up like that every day. They've been practicing that for years. Am I right or wrong? Oh, your hair looks so nice today. What are you talking about? I didn't do nothing different to it. Why couldn't you just say thank you? Oh, you know, I love that outfit. I love those shoes on you. Ain't nothing new about these shoes. I had these. For, what was wrong with just saying thank you? I mean, I don't know, you, that's an indication that my attitude is not right. Okay? Let me give you some practical solutions here. Let's talk solutions. I want you to turn and look inside and see if you have an attitude of gratitude. I want you to see if it resides inside of you. And these are three questions you can ask yourself, and these should go up on the screen. Three questions you can ask yourself. Number one. Am I a thankful person? Or just look right on your U-verse. They're on the screen. Look on your, your notes. Am I a thankful person? No doubt about it. Thankfulness is a choice, right? I mean, I have to make a choice to have a bad attitude, just like I have to make a choice to be a thankful person. Both of them are a choice. So ask yourself, am I a thankful person? Or do people have to come back to you and say, did you get the card that I sent you? Did you ever receive that? Uh, did you get my message? Or did you just see it and say, they just trying to get something from me. They ain't fooling me. Where'd all the excitement go in this building? Oh, it's on the screen. Okay, all right. Okay, I'm sorry. Number two, am I seeing the blessings of thankfulness in my life? Because it should be natural. The more thankful I am, the more thankful I have to be for things. It's just natural. The more thankful I am, the more things I have to be thankful for. You all see that? And so when I appreciate what I have, then I, just, I get to appreciate more things that come. Do you all see that? And so look, ask yourself, am I seeing the blessings of thankfulness in my life? When's the last time someone has done, did something for you just because? Because what you'll find is the more you say thank you, th thank you the more people want to do for you. Number three, am I choosing thankfulness over complaining moment by moment? And this is so important because all day, every day, we can find a gazillion things to complain about. But we have to be intentional to find something to be thankful for. Okay, let me read something to you here. Gratitude is a one moment at a time event, which means I've got to stop at that moment and realize what's been done for me and to me and in me and say thank you. Listen to this. Attitudes are patterns of thinking formed over a long period of time. So, like, once again, when you see a person with a poor attitude, that didn't have anything to do with you. They've been like that a long time. And it took a lot of practice to get there. Just like it'll take a lot of practice to get out of that. One real key, complainer, frown on their face. Grateful, smile on their face. Complainer, heavy heart. Thankful, joyful heart. Yeah. 
things that make you go, all right, li- listen to this. So am I choosing thankfulness over complaining moment by moment? Now, I'll close with this for today. I want to challenge you with an assignment. You'll see me starting to do more and more of this as I minister, okay, giving you things to do. So you're not just sitting out there listening. You have something to go home and do. All right, and so this will go up on the screen today. As my conclusion today, I want to give you a challenge because, again, this will not happen uh, by accident. This will happen on purpose, okay? And we can start by practicing with our spouse and children or significant other or friend or parents, but the people that are the closest to you that we have a tendency to take the most for granted. The reality is I should thank her more than anybody else in the world. It's the reality. There's no one that does more for me than her. She should hear thank you from me more than anybody else. So I can start right there practicing with her. No husband said amen. <laughs> Listen, I'm not scared of you, man. So you can wait... You, you are wasting your time looking at me like that, man. <laughs> and how many of you know wives, you can start with your husbands? Because you don't realize it, but a lot of times we feel like we're being taken for granted. We're not, but how many of you know we all have feelings? And so it's okay to say thank you to me, too, some more, too. You all stretch your hands towards me right now. Say, help that, help him right now. Here's your challenge, okay? Can you commit to dedicating a device, your smartphone, your iPad, whatever you use, or a notebook, some people still like to write, by your bed and recording each day before you go to sleep three to five things for which you are thankful to God from that day? See, that has to, you have to be intentional about that. You have to stop and think for a minute. Thank you for getting me to work. Thank you for getting me home from work. Thank you for gas in my vehicle. And I want you, and it's just going to help get that on your mind. What's that, well, what will happen is it will also get on your heart. And now you go to sleep with a joyful heart. Okay? That's why I wrote the rest of this in here. If you do this exercise regularly, it will transform your life. And I want you to look what I added in there. And your sleep. A lot of people run around talking about I'm not a morning person. Why not? Where did that come from? Show me that in the Bible. Well, you know why you're not a morning person? Because of the way you went to sleep. You go to bed with a bad attitude. You wake up with a bad attitude. Listen to this. You go to bed ungrateful. You wake up ungrateful. So the reason you're snapping at everybody because you didn't take time to give thanks for all the good things that happened the day before. So then watch this. Now you started that day off negative because you woke up ungrateful. So how can good things happen for you today when you weren't even grateful for the things that happened yesterday? Come on, I'm preaching better than you all saying amen. All right. I'm done. Did you all get anything out of this today? Happy Thanksgiving. We're giving God thanks before Thanksgiving. Now, let's all stand on our feet, and let's just do just that today. Just play something soft for me. I want you to make it personal today, okay? And I don't know what's going on in your life. I don't know. You know more about your life than I do. Only thing I know is God is good. And even if there's something bad going on in your life, if you'll just be thankful and grateful, he'll take that bad situation and he'll turn it around for your good. So I want you to lift your hands up. And if nothing else, if you can't think of three to five things, just think of your life. Think of your health. Think of, just think of practical things, okay? But I just want you to lift up three to five things right now. Let's practice. Three to five things between you and God that you're thankful for this Thanksgiving season. And so, believe it or not, see, I have a great staff, and it's easy to take them for granted. 
And I need to stop and realize God has graced me and blessed me with some of the best people in the kingdom of God to surround me. You got to treat that right. So I'm thankful for my staff. I'm thankful for these musicians. Thankful for these singers. Thankful for our dream team. Thankful for our small groups. Thankful for our parking lot ministry. Nobody's nobody's here but to do anything but bless us and help us. They don't have the issues. We have the issues. They're trying to help us. It's amazing when you just become grateful and thankful, you can begin to see that. Thankful for our nursery workers. I'm thankful for our children's church workers. Thankful for being able to do life with some of the greatest men and women on the earth at Linked Up Church could not be blessed with a greater group of people to do life with. So, Father, I thank you for that. Thank you for the good friends you've given me in my life. Thank you for covenant friendships. Thank you for covenant coverings. Thank you for Pastor Chris Hodges and the growth system, Father, exposing us to that. Thank you for Apostle Frederick Casey Price, Dr. Betty Price, The love that you put on their hearts to show towards us all came from you. Thank you for that. Thank you for Dr. Mike and Dee Dee Freeman who've extended that love from the prices. God, you've just been so good to me. If I just focus on that, I don't have time to look at all that other stuff that really isn't even real. Now, let's just lift our voices up corporately today. Thank you for our board, Father. Thank you for the men and women that you sent to speak into my life. Just give me more humility. Place more humility. And you can't place it in my heart. Help me to place more humility in my heart, God, to recognize everything that you've put around me and even appreciate it more than what I've demonstrated up to this point. Grow me up to be the leader that Jesus was. Do it anyway. Don't look for anything in return. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now I want you to stay in that attitude of prayer. Just stay right where you're at right now. One of the greatest gifts you can give to yourself, your family, your friends during this Thanksgiving season is the same gift that that Samaritan received, and that's eternal life. So if you're here today, and I don't know what you're looking for, believing for, but there's no greater gift than the one that's getting ready to be presented to you right now, and that's the gift of salvation. So if you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, when you receive that gift, then that gift takes care of everything else in your life. So if you don't know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, I want to pray for you today. Secondarily, you might say, Pastor, I'm already born again, but I've allowed myself to get away from God, and I need to come back to Him. That's you today, and you've gotten away from God, and you want to come back to Him today. Some churches call that being backslidden. Other churches call it being out of fellowship. Let me tell you, God never left left you. He loves you with an everlasting love. And really, I believe in your spirit, you still love Him, and in your heart, something got off in your thinking. And so let us help you today with that thinking so that you never have to.